to battle red radio i'm at weston and this evening i'm joined by the 19 to my covid my good friend taylor how are you doing this afternoon i'm doing okay i i like the name i'll take 19 you can be covid you're it like makes an, me like an young. android well it makes me feel young again too uh. so i'll take it versus you know i'm death named covid yeah, I'm. Uh, yeah, I guess so. I was gonna say something, but I won't say anything. But yeah, I think 19 was a good age for you. I wasn't a very good 19 year old. I was more like a. I was more like a, a 20 year old. You know, that was more my age. Yeah, 19. I was too busy being punished for you know failing art class in high school. So I was at community college. That was probably my best year of all time because I wasn't around anything or anybody. Everybody left me that year. Yeah. I was, I was, you and Colton smoking hookah together. And eating Chick-fil-A in my car in between classes saying I have no friends. <laughs> Watching the office. So Yeah, you're like Pam when she went to New York. That's exactly who I was. Mm-hmm. Eventually made friends and then got drunk and left Jim a long voicemail. I didn't do that. I'm too cool for that. Of course. Yeah. yeah, that's for women to do. Class A, exactly. Uh-huh. So last week we did the AFC... East preview because we want to start with the high note the Buffalo Bills tonight we're doing the AFC North preview our producer told us hey you have to tell them what the show's about early on the episode because they don't know it all I said okay we'll start doing that I'm only doing this because I'm listening to you because you've provided lots of excellent advice to us over the time uh, do you want to hear the big Texans news though to start off today wait wait there's Texans news yeah Deshaun Watson went to training camp today <laughs> And so he showed up wearing a hoodie and, like, covering his entire face because he didn't want pictures taken of himself. And then he was wearing, like, a number four jersey, which he took off eventually because I think he remembered his agent told him, don't wear anything Texans-related, like, no jerseys or anything because you're not there to be on the team. And then they had him, like, the fourth player and like, drills and everything else. He stood out. He played safety on the scout team defense. He played running back on the scout team offense. And they asked, hey, Coach David Collis, like, so what's going on with He's like, we're going to watch the film. If he uh, played well, you know, and deserves more playing time, we'll give it to him. But it's something we're going to evaluate right now. So they're they're like putting him on the practice squad, making him like play for playing time. And Watson's just kind of like stuck in there. And I think I'm glad what they're, I like, I fully agree with what Houston's doing to him. I heard that he actually was wearing like a 24 jersey the whole time. Well, he had the red number four jersey and took it off, I guess, sometime during practice. See, I could have sworn that my Houston insider told me that it was in the 20s for the jersey because he was doing scout team all day, which we then got on the discussion here. Why are you even showing up? Because he gets fined 50K if he doesn't show up. He's not going to do anything this year, though. Yeah, I know. But I I think he thought he would get traded if he asked for a trade. And then the sexual assault allegations came out, and then he wasn't traded by the draft. 
and now he's stuck here for a new, for a year, and he's wasting another year of his career. I think three of Watson's three years of his career can be wasted. He he was he tore his ACL his rookie year last year with the Brown, and they won four games, and this year, and he's like twenty five, and he's one of the five best quarterbacks. And he's already wasted three years of his career, and I would even say like the other two years he was playing for a team that couldn't properly you know, take advantage of his rookie contract at all too. So I don't know. I think he I think they botched this entire thing completely. Well, okay, I completely agree with you. But this is also the thing with Deshaun. So what did – I'm just trying to think of like a good comparison where the quarterback still stuck it out even though the team didn't really give anything to him. Because for me at this point, and we did talk about it last year, and I even agreed saying that Houston should be staying. No, we're not going to trade you. You're just going to sit your ass down then for a whole year. We'll call your bluff. Yeah. The thing is whoever he is getting advice from – it's not good advice. Mm-hmm. It is just he's kind of to your point. You're costing yourself to actually be great, and him sitting out another year that could even be more detrimental to his career because it. I mean, if he's not taking hits, if he's not working out properly, it's not going to end well. Yeah, and like football's like I don't really think it's a game where you can just sit out <laughs> for like, two, you know, like a year and a half and be like, oh, I'm ready to play now. Like we talk about C.J. Mosley, I think he's gonna be awful this year. Like, I don't think it's a, you can just come back like that um, and play like he, I guess he's expecting to. But yeah, I, I think he just thought, well, if I ask for it, they're going to do it. And then I can go play somewhere else or whatever. And I think they made the right move completely by holding on. But they can't trade him until after the season. They have to know what draft picks they're getting for him. Like, if you trade him to Philly, Philly could be like a 9 1 team. And you're getting like the 18th, 22nd, 24th, and like 16th pick or whatever. It sucks. I would just send him to the worst team. I would just send him to whoever he doesn't want to go to. That's where I would be sending him off. Detroit. It's, it's, see, exactly. But So you want Jared Goff, though? I don't know. I'd want to trade that. No, that's fine, I guess. He's a Texas boy. Yeah. No, he's from California. Texas would destroy him. Oh, God. That's not a good idea at all. Yeah. No, I, I see what you're saying. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, but I think he kind of deserves it, though. And I think that we're thinking about, it too, it's like there's a lot of Texans fans who are like, oh, you know, we still believe in Deshaun or whatever. It's like, yeah, I think you should wait until more information comes out with the sexual assault thing as well, too. Because it's like that entire part of it's just kind of ignored where it's like, yeah, the legal process is going to take a long time. The NFL doesn't have any plans to suspend them really quickly at all. They really haven't even, like, looked into a lot of it, it sounds like. It sounds like they're waiting for, like, the civil court stuff to play out first. So I don't think Watson's going to be suspended all this year either. And that whole part of it's just kind of like masked and covered up also. But it will be interesting to see, like, I think there's a chance he could play this year, you know? Well, he would be silly not to play. You have to be able to, at this point, he would have to think after about week four, week five, that this isn't working. I should probably, and most likely his agent, I would hope, would say, hey, man, you probably should go out there and start playing now. It's going to some money if you don't yeah well and, and that the other thing we're, that's we're about too it's like it's not the texans are a good team even with them you know like the decisions they made like to improve depth but like i mean they could probably with how good watson was last year if they win close games they can maybe be like a 9-1 team you know but at this point man it's kind of like what we talked about with certain players where if you do something bad regards i mean there's some pretty bad things you can do nowadays but if you're good enough they're going to ignore it. Oh, yeah. You sitting out and you not doing anything and just kind of pouting and being a baby, no team is then going to want you or actually start offering things to make the Texans think. The smart play is to go out there, 
still say you have no desire to be in Houston. So then everybody is winning in the end in that scenario yeah. versus you pouting in the corner. I mean, Michael Vick kill, killed doggers. He killed he, floofers. Wait, wait. He went to jail. He went to yeah, jail. Yeah, I know. But like, he's, again, like, it, you can rehab anything, you know? It yeah. sounds like. As, it usually takes a year. If you sit, you like, if you eat it for a year or whatever, and if you play well, people come back around to you. He signed a second $100 million contract with the Eagles. Yeah, exactly, exactly. We're going to be able to, if you are good enough and you're making the play still, everyone's going to forget. But you have to be out there to play. Otherwise, this is all anyone's going to think about, and we're just going to say, well, maybe you should just get another massage then. Yeah. yeah I mean, yeah. He, I mean, like, yeah, Vic made the good boys fight each other. Well, I mean, again, Vic he made, he made the He made the, he made the pupperinos. Uh, he put him in the pits and electrocuted him. I the mean, Pupperinos, Taylor. He pretty much did Fight Club without the human beings. Yeah. Yeah. People or it, he right? had it happen at his property and he was unaware of it is what he said at first. Well, yeah. I mean, if something goes on in my house, I don't know. what. what that's not me. Yeah, it's not me. Those bodies? That's not mine. I was hanging out. Yeah, I live behind a, a, a water runoff. There's a lot of homeless that go back there. It's theirs. Yeah. Everyone I, doing that. Backyard, it happens. It's not my problem. Yeah, but this is what I'm hoping. I'm hoping Watson plays this year, and they win like nine games, and then he's like, I like David Cole. He's a pretty cool guy. <laughs> he just ends up staying here anyways. I wouldn't want that, Matt. I'm not going to lie to you, because to your point, even if he comes back, y'all don't have a good team. I no, think they that, don't. I think that the best thing for everybody – is for Watson to play, to your point, win games to where he looks good, to where Houston can get a big haul for him. I mean, I think Houston be better off, though, with him not even playing, though. Because you can still trade him for three first-round picks or two first-round picks, and like then you, you you go, hey. like, two and four, two and 15 or whatever it is, and you get the first overall pick on top of it. And so you get you know two top-ten picks, you know. But, man, I'll put it to this way to compare. If he doesn't play... You have no shot, in my opinion, of being able to get a top five draft pick. I if think he, so. I don't think so. Yeah, I think he's a known quantity. I think, oh, no, no, I'll put it this way. I think you're exactly right that you're going to get a big haul when it comes to draft picks, but a top five pick, I think you would get immediately the moment that he starts playing. Yeah, that, uh, maybe. Okay. I mean, I think you'd still get top. I think you'd easy get. I think you get top five pieces. I think you get top five easy. I think you get two first round picks easy. I think you probably get two first round, two second round picks, and they would at least be in the top five. I see. I'm not saying that. See, I agree with all the haul that you're going to get. I just don't think top five, and it's because you don't know in which case. Yeah. If he's out of here, you don't know. Yeah, that's true. And I guess the the allegations too. I see where you're coming from. I I know how I feel about it, but I think he. Yeah. I do think he's been better off if he doesn't play though at all, unless he plays and stays. No, I don't know. I, I'm still. I he needs to play. Either way, we're on the same page. Where regardless, he needs to play. Yeah, he does. Yes. And there we go. Well, we settled good. it. He needs that's, to play. Yes, that's in the end. That's what it's coming down to. If you're staying or not, you got to get out there. Yeah, it's very awkward though, and it's absolutely hilarious. And it's like. It's so embarrassing from every party completely, this whole thing that's going on right now. And they're practicing tomorrow. I wonder what they're going to make him do then, you know? I'd make him actually go out with the kicking team. That's I, fun. Like, no, oh, no. man. I'll never I like forget. 
I never forget whenever I played and you look at you, we look over at the kickers and they would just be kicking the ball to each other all day. Like, damn, that looks nice compared to this right now. That's and, what I uh, Sean do is just kick the balls back and forth to each other. <laughs> this sounds pretty nice, actually. That would be amazing. And they're just joking and having fun and really enjoying themselves. I'm like, yeah, I like playing football. This is a great time. Oh my god! It's the by the way. So I hate to bring it up, but everyone should look up the Pat McAfee where he talks about taking Adderall with another kicker. It's probably one of the funniest things on planet Earth. Okay. He met the young rookie that came in, said he took Adderall. Pat McAfee took Adderall when he retired, and he went up to him and said, you're a cheating son of a bitch. What the <laughs> is this? I always pride myself on in college. I didn't take any Adderall once. I'm the Craig Biggio of, a, of summa cum laude. Hey, it's a performance enhancement regardless. Yes, no matter what. It completely is. So for the AFC North, we're going to alphabetical order. We don't have any biases here. So we're going to start off with the Baltimore Ravens. So the last time we saw the Ravens, Lamar Jackson got hurt, took a vicious hit in the head. I think he threw a pick six on that play too. And they lost to the Buffalo Bills. And Trace McSorley was hurt even. And their third string quarterback came in, and he wasn't very good either. And... uh, Baltimore played a pretty good defensive game, but it didn't really matter at all um, in that one whatsoever. So now here the Ravens are this offseason. The biggest thing they did was they added Sammy Watkins and Rashad Bateman and added some outside wide receiving help, which is what you know Baltimore was really kind of lacking. Uh, they lacked you know, some talent at the wide receiver position. I think like the talent was probably a little bit better than it was given credit for just because of Lamar Jackson's inability to throw the ball down the sideline. So... I think we're in agreement on this, Taylor. What's been holding the Ravens back offensively the last two seasons has been Lamar Jackson's inability to throw down the sideline. Do you agree with that? Yeah, I'm actually going to say I think this is the only team that you and I have completely agreed on uh, like year in, year out these days. And it's because, yeah, Lamar is the one that's holding him back because he's not taking the shots he needs to take and it doesn't look like he's progressing with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so do you like Bateman and Sammy Watkins as additions to be able to kind of have the talent to be able to make those throws now? I So I like Sammy, and it's because I think Sammy's going to be more of that safety blanket guy. Well, then you're hoping that Bateman and Brown are going to be the big plays. I just, I'm still not confident in Lamar. Unless he's going to show it to me. I was confident last year going to him. In fantasy, he was my second freaking pick. Yeah. Be- and you're hoping- like, I'm just tired and not having a quarterback. I'm having a quarterback this year. Yeah, I was so pumped about it. I was like, I'm going to pick this early. I don't give a damn. Everyone can go to hell. But I look like a total jackass because he just didn't progress. So until he is going to show me that, I just can't buy into them adding these weapons and me, staying, me being able to still be confident because I also don't really care for their defense either. And their running game is just so, so, so. Yeah, I mean, the run game wasn't the best in the NFL last year. Because, again, like, teams knew what they were doing. They were running that same, you know, counter replay. I mean, it was still good. Like, it was still one of, like, the 12 best run games in football. But it wasn't the best in the league at all anymore. And so so here are Lamar Jackson's numbers turned down the sideline the last two seasons. 17 for 52. 32.7 completion percentage. 500 or 1,012 yards, 12 touchdowns to two interceptions, 10.4 net yards in attempt. Um, like Nick Foles has thrown more passes down the sideline than he has the last two seasons combined. 
Last year, he only threw 25.4% of his attempts from the pockets, and he had a 59.3% completion percentage on throws to the sideline, and that's not even deep at all. And that came out to the 35th worst, or the 35th ranked in football at throwing the ball to the sideline at 59.3%. The other interesting thing here about the Ravens' passing offense is they only run 6% RPOs. And so I think that's something else they can do to help them out. But I really like... Rashad, like I love Rashad Bateman. I think he's gonna be awesome. I think the good thing about Watkins is he's like you mentioned, he's like a safety blanket. Like he gets man coverage on the backside of the formation, and he gets one versus one matchups against like the third best cornerback on a team, and he gets first downs. And as long as he's healthy, he's able to be continued presence. I think kind of the big problem here though, it's like, is Marquise Brown's been like good maybe what four games of his career, and he's he hasn't been healthy at all. He hasn't been consistent for us. And then, like, they have other speed guys in Devin DuVernay, but, again, same sort of thing. Hasn't had, like, a real, any sort of real production at all in the passing game. And Miles Boykin is just, like, really tall and runs downfield and, you know, tries to make contested catches, but doesn't work at all as well. And they saw Mark Andrews, who's one of, like, the five best tight ends in football. So, I know, I like this this pass-catching groups. Um, I love Bateman, and, like, if Jackson doesn't do it this year, there's no longer something where he's like, oh, it's a talent issue or even like that, like this is all on Lamar Jackson this year. Completely agree. And he is going to be able to have all the offensive. It's kind of like the Danny Dime situation in New York where I'm not sure what else they're going to be able to get better. Like what I said, though, when it comes to the Baltimore Ravens, I think what distracts teams is whenever they have that running game going besides Lamar just kind of taking off, which brings me, do you, do you trust J.K. Dobbins? Do you trust? Yeah, I, do. I I just I don't know if I saw anything that I tremendously like, or for me to be confident in. Where if you're other teams, I guess no matter what, it really doesn't matter because no matter what, you're just going to sell out on the run because you don't believe that he's going to throw the ball until he does. Well, the, but the weird thing about him though is they're he they have such a really good like quick passing middle of the field passing game though, like it's just their passing game though is in the is in this box. And so you're able to run zone coverages and that, and not have like your sa- your safeties cheat towards the sideline at all, and uh, be able to cover up their passing attack pretty well, like wall off crossers and that sort of thing. And so this passing game was great two years ago. Last year it stumbled along with their run game because there wasn't the evolution to it. And so, like yeah, I do think I and that's why I think like Lamar Jackson can do it this year, just because he's been such a good like quick short game passer, throwing down the middle of the field passer, and so. But it is kind of like how hard has he worked this past offseason? Like, has he put the time in to be able to make these throws? And so I, I do trust him. I think he's, I think he's going to do it this year. Um, but, yeah, like if he doesn't, though, it's like, do they go and extend him to long-term extension? Because this is year four for him. Fifth, next year is his fifth-year option. Usually teams extend their quarterbacks before that point. And so for a run-first quarterback like this, too, this may be like maybe coming to the end of Lamar Jackson Baltimore um, if he doesn't take the leap this year, you know? No, I would completely agree. And it's because, once again, it's a Danny Dime situation where if he has all these offensive weapons and somehow this quarterback is not able to take that next step, then you have to really start thinking about moving on. Danny Dime's definitely for sure more than Lamar because Lamar's already won MVP. It's just when it comes to Lamar Jackson, it's really concerning that he hasn't developed that type of throw or willing to actually take the chance. I'm just hoping, because is Nick Boyle coming back, by the way? Yeah, he's back. But he's a blocking guy. Well, no, that's what I mean, though. Isn't he considered, like, mm-hmm. one of the, the guys that's, oh, like, he's awesome. tight ends? Yeah. 
Yeah, he's so awesome. if he has him coming back and he has Andrews as far as that, probably the touchdown king this year, man, Lamar better be performing something. So because, do, you, do you trust Lamar? Do you think it's going to happen this year for him? I thought he would do it last year. I try, put all my eggs in his bag. Like I said, he was my everything last year, and it blew up in my face. So I'm going to say no. I'm going to say no, and it's because he let me down. I just can't look stupid again. Yeah, I, so I trust him. And again, I think it's just because of what I've seen from him, able to make those throws down the seam, and like I'll give a quick pass for you too. Uh, do you want to hear his projection? Do you want to hear what the analytics has to say about his 2021 season? I don't even know if I want to hear what the analytics are going to say after what they said about Mac Jones. I don't even give a crap hey, about Hey, he looked team. good today. He looked good oh, in training camp today. Oh, this is what everyone's starting to do. It's already starting. All right, so 292 for 461, 63.4%, 3,454 passing yards, 27 touchdowns to 11 receptions, 2.6% DVOA, um, 173 carries, 1,119 rushing yards, 8 touchdowns, 0.5% DVOA. So it's okay passing. It's kind of like the same as last year. I was going to say passing actually didn't impress me. I go, I actually believe these numbers more than anything. And then I was waiting for you for the rushing. Rushing's a little ridiculous. That's a lot of running. That's a lot of running. And that's him being able to stay healthy while running for over 1,000 freaking yards. Which, by the way, brings me to your analytics once again. Mac Jones is projected for 1,000 more yards passing than Lamar. Yeah, he is. Oh, my God. You make me sick. I don't do anything. This isn't my computer. I'm just messaging the messenger. Um, so the other thing about the Ravens, too, is that they had one of the five best offensive lines in football. Recently, Matt, Matt Skura turned into Chuck Knobloch, and he couldn't make a snap at all. And so he was cut after being you know, one of the best young centers in football. He's in Miami. He's out. Uh, they're going to move Bradley Bozeman from left guard to center. Rookie Ben Cleveland's going to start left guard. They lost. They also lost Marshall Yanda to retirement. Um, at right, right guard, they'll have Kevin Zeitler playing there. They had to trade Orlando Brown because he moved from right tackle to left tackle and Ronnie Stanley got hurt. And he was like, hey, I want to play left tackle. I'm going to pay like a left tackle. He said, no, you're a right tackle. He said, I'm not doing this. So they, they trade him to Kansas City. And he's like 6'8", 354, and Kansas City gave him a big contract. So their left tackle against me, Ronnie Stanley. Their right tackle is going to be former Pittsburgh Steeler, uh, Alejandro, Alejandro Villanueva. And Villanueva is kind of funny because he was already pointing jabs at uh, Juju Smith-Schuster on the way out. He's like, yeah, it's been nice to play for a team that wants to run the football instead of make TikToks, which is fun. And I, I applaud that as an offensive line who's upset they can't run the ball at all. So, I mean, I do think this is a good offensive line still, too. Like, I'm not really concerned. I think it's been, I know they had some problems last year with injuries, but I think this is going to be a better offensive line this year. I think like this should still be, even regardless of what Mar Jackson does, this should still be a top like eight rushing game. And I don't really have any concerns about that, but it's like, you still have to score points, and you have to outscore Kansas City and Baltimore. I mean, Kansas City and Buffalo in this conference, and it's like, can they score 31 points against those two teams to be able to knock them out? And that's kind of the big question for uh, Baltimore this year. Like Everything else is in place. It really just kind of comes down to Lamar Jackson making passes down the sideline. I'm going to completely agree, except for, no, I just, I'm not confident in this running game. Really? I, yes, I, I think the offensive line is just fine, to your point. I think this is actually a really, really good offensive line. Much more confident in this than I am in Buffalo, who you keep raving okay. about. I think but Buffalo's is going to be better next year as well. Whatever. You still like them a lot. Either way, when it comes to this O-line, though, I feel like I'm just not confident in the running backs. I just don't understand what Dobbins you're Dobbins is really good last year. 
I just I didn't see it. I didn't see it. You can call me crazy all you want, but I'm not seeing anything that's going, wow, look at that move. Wow, look at him break that tackle. Wow, look at these yards. I'm not seeing anything. In fact, I'm seeing boring. I'm boring. Seeing, I'm seeing slow. I'm not seeing breakaways. I it wasn't it wasn't pretty last year for me watching the Baltimore Ravens. Because even those stats you and I talked about, they had the easiest schedule finishing off their year. It was ridiculous to watch where then everybody would say they were good, blah, 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 blowing up their team stats. I'm not confident in this offense whatsoever yeah. with Lamar and the running backs. The O-line, though, I'll give to you. All right. Well, so Dobbins broke 32 tackles last year. Not enough. Which was probably which is top 10. He was also, he had DVOA like 24.9%, so he's the most efficient runner in football. And this year <laughs> it's his offense. And like you hate. You hate when teams share running back loads. Like you love like a a number one running back. I think Dobbins is that, and like Gus Edwards is good too. You know, and they have Hill for, just to sell for the red zone too. So I like what they have here. Um, so defensively, you kind of alluded to that you don't like their defense this much that year. You don't like their defense that much this year. Uh, can you explain why? Can you elaborate on that, please? And it's because what are you confident in here? They got rid of a lot of guys here where then it's kind of like a plug and play, hoping that it's going to work and be that same Baltimore defense. I'm not seeing it here. Marcus Peters has another year on him where you think he's going to be taking those shots. I'm just, I am not that confident. And I'm surprised that you're kind of insinuating that you're thinking this is a solid defense, which for me, like I said, with the corners, you, that's probably your best part of your defense, right? Yeah, I would say like their secondary is because the yeah. Sean Elliott's really good. Yeah, uh, Chuck Clark's really good. But even that, I'm still like, okay, that that's okay. But I'm not really saying that's the greatest thing whatsoever. I'm just Baltimore. Their, their always defensive know- lines really good stopping the run. Patrick Queen makes a ton of plays. Um, the other thing about Baltimore that's weird too is that they always develop front seven players, and so like. Well, you're like okay. They lost Matt Judon. They lost Yankee Gakway. But I. But like that being said, they still have Justin Matabuke. I think he's gonna have a great offseason and come out of nowhere. I think Tyus Bowser's gonna be even better, um, being the starter over there too. And like I'm really excited to watch Jalen Ferguson play this year. Also, he's a former second round pick. I think this is his third year in the NFL. He hasn't mean, meaningfully produced yet. But he's going to share playing time with Pernell McPhee on the outside. I think this would be a good pass rushing year for him, too, because he has all the athletic potential to do so. And again, Baltimore just like they they just create players on their front seven. And they just and they add the attributes to them. They they go in there and they customize them, move the sliders up, and add, you know, five points to everything. They just they always just create these players who are good on their front. And always every year they have one or two guys who come out of nowhere. You don't know who these players are. And uh, they just kind of pop up and have a great season. And so I don't, they're a team where like whenever they lose front seven depth, it doesn't worry me at all because they always have the ability to, you know, train players and, um, and get players improved in that part of the team. I agree, except it's what, like what I said, everybody just says these things because it's Baltimore where you even just alluded because they lost guys. I'm still not worried about that front seven. Some guys are going to be able to step up in this defense because they always do. Yeah, It's like what we were talking about last week and what I said. This AFC is disgusting. Baltimore with this team and this defense, I'm not like, yeah, they're going to be able to stop Patrick Mahomes. They're going to be able to stop Josh Allen. They're going to be able to stop Cleveland. 
I'm not seeing that great of things here from Baltimore. I'm seeing decent, but in the AFC, that's not good enough. In the NFC, this is a solid team. I would say playoff automatically. Not in the AFC, though, and it's because nobody, nothing is impressing me. Nothing at all. And you're mm. just saying the hope of the Baltimore because of what they've done in the past is what I'm going to be tipping my hat to. I don't think it's this year. I don't think so at all. Well, see, I, but yeah, I just, yeah, I understand what you're saying. I just trust them in that regard. And the thing about their team too is they're built on like their secondary play. And they're built to play man on man and blitz a lot, and they're a high blitz defense too. You like and so, like, yeah, I still like Peters. Another year? Yeah. Ugh. I didn't see anything last year to like to think like we're gonna be we're gonna see a big drop off from them at all. And so that's kind of part of it too is that they have a high blitz defense. They have a good second. They have a really good secondary still too. And they can still play that high-pressure defense and not really worry at all. But again, the problem, though, it's like even if they make the playoffs or win the division, what do they do in the postseason if they play Buffalo and Kansas City? Because those are two teams that are great against the Blitz. And you have to have a front-four rush to beat those teams. And that's why they traded for Ngakwe last year because they went all-in and they didn't have the team to even you know, get to that point at all. But yeah, I, I do think I agree with what you're saying, though. It's like whenever they play against teams where they can't big Blitz, how is their front-four rush going to happen? And it's Derek Wolf, it's Clayus Campbell, it's Justin Matabuike, it's Tyus Bowser, and you know, Jalen Ferguson. Like that's probably you know the twentieth best pass rush in football from a front four perspective, um, without expecting anybody to really kind of step forward as well too. So either way, I see what everyone says because it says Baltimore because they have the <laughs> purple. It means that they are going to be the dominant Baltimore. I'm I'm not seeing it, man. Matthew just, Judon was like a, I think a six round pick. He was a Division two player. It'll be nice. Some things will be sprinkled in that are going to be quality players. I, I'm just I can't I can't believe that everyone's just so confident. I can't wait for Taylor to be right about one thing this year. This, this is going to be, be it. Well, I I think the problem though just comes from they, Jackson has to take the leap, and if he doesn't, I still think they could be a it'll still be a playoff team. But they're not gonna have a, have a chance against like Baltimore against Kansas City or Buffalo though, yeah. and so they have to have that ability to score your know, thirty one points against those teams. Because I think like this defense is still gonna be your know, top ten over the course of the season. But 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 again like that's over the course of playing like Cincinnati and Houston, whoever else they have to play against. But whenever they play against you know those offenses, they don't have the defense to strangle those offenses though, like you're mentioning. And so I do agree with that portion of it. Uh, but I still think, I think it's going to be a top 10 run offense, a top 10 defense. And I think it could be, it has to be a top seven passing attack. And then, and then it has to be able to find the ability to throw, throw down the sideline. Because if they don't, this won't be a top 10 run offense anymore. It's going to be a top 16, top 18 run offense. And and the whole team will kind of fall, the whole offense will kind of fall apart from there too. Um, so what's your little prediction for the Ravens? My little prediction for the Ravens. It could blow up in my face all at once. I don't really care. They don't have 10 wins next year. All right. My uh, my prediction is I think Rashad Bateman leads all rookie wide receivers in receiving yards. Oh, okay. Yeah, right. Okay. You don't see that? Yeah, uh-huh. It's not even going to be a thing. That's That's so silly to say. We're going to be talking about that guy on the next team. That's silly for you to say. Yeah, to be fine when he ends up like three hundred twenty-seven or something. <laughs> I said, I think he's great. I think I trust um, Lamar this year, but I don't think this Ravens team is going to be like Kansas City, Buffalo good. 
I don't think they're even going to be Tennessee good. But I think they're going to win the division, though. No way. You're crazy. So, the over-under is 11 for Baltimore. I'm guessing you're taking the under? Taking the under on this one, for sure. How many are you going? You're going nine? I Just so I can take the under? Even No, no, no. I'll stick with my whole thing. I'm going to be fair here. I'm going to do nine and eight. Okay. That's mine. Uh, I'm going to take the over, and I'm going to go 12. I'm going to go 12 and five for Baltimore. Oh, wait. They already have COVID. All right. Yeah, well, this uh, now is the time to start producing antibodies. That's true. The only thing that worries me about them is they have the ten toughest schedule this year. Boom. But I Oops. think they have four easy wins though between Pittsburgh and Cincinnati. Looks like that nine and eight is looking better and better. Yeah. So the next team we have here, the Cincinnati Bengals. Real. <laughs> so the Cincinnati Bengals are a team that. I really want to like, like I really, 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 really want to paint my face like a big old kitty cat. I really want to go to the convention in downtown San Antonio next month, dressed like a tiger, you know, and spread my legs apart a little bit, but I just can't, I can't do it. I still just aren't seeing it. Um, I think they had a great off season though. They really added you know, good defensive talent. They had Trey Hendrickson, who's the exact same player, Sam Hub- Hubbard, um, they added Mike Hilton, play slot cornerback. They added Wuzier to play on the outside or replace the guy that went to Washington, William Jackson the third. They added uh, Larry Ogunjobi, who I like a lot. They had Eli Apple, who's not... I'm not expecting a whole lot from Eli Apple, but the point about Eli Apple is that he's not LaShawn Sims, and that's what matters. And they also have Ricardo Allen, too. So these are six defensive starters. Uh, it's a big talent infusion that they needed at this spot. The only problem, though, about this defense is I like their front four rush with Reader, Ogunjomi, Hemrickson, and Hubbard. Um, their secondary, Trey Wayne's, like, hasn't been good in two years, but with Hilton and Wuzier, Bates, and Von Bell, I like their secondary. They have no linebacker play, though. And the ice caps are going to melt. There's going to be another meteor. Dinosaur is going to reside over the earth again before the Bengals have a good linebacker play because I think Vontez Burfitt cursed them. Listen to their linebackers. Logan Wilson, Jermaine Pratt. Akeem Davis Gaither. It's bad. It's been like this for five years now. And they never do anything about it. They're like, yeah, we're okay. We're going to keep doing the same thing. They're going to keep being bad. And, and it doesn't make sense either because they have to play Cleveland. You have to have good linebackers. And they have to play Baltimore. You have to have good linebackers against both those teams. And they just keep sticking with the same crap. I'm going to agree with that on, on that. And it's because I'm actually, I'm really liking Cincinnati this year. I like exactly. I want to. Well, well, to your point, though, here, here's the thing, though. Everything that they've done on the offensive side, I really do enjoy. I, I think that they're going to have weapons. I think even though they didn't draft the offensive lineman that everybody expected. People are upset about that. Well, it, it was kind of silly because I get what you're trying to do where you're even giving Burrow Jamar Chase, who I think is going to be the top rookie receiver this year. Did you hear that Jamar Chase thing? What is Jamar Chase? There, there's always this, like, um, I don't know. There's always, like every offseason, there's one player who gets smeared by a woman, and she said that Jamar Chase doesn't wipe his butt at all and got her pregnant and isn't owning up to it. So that's the Jamar Chase news this offseason. Well, um, yeah, yeah, you know what? Sometimes. Taylor, that- j- just Google Jamar Chase dirty butt. I, let me. All right. So, Jamar Chase. <laughs> Hold on. I got to. Let me see this. Oh, Ambar Nicole says she's pregnant. Yeah. 
Oh, man. There's a lot of cuss words in this article. I can't even read it. I think he's going to love Skyline Chili. Oh, God. Don't even wash his ass. Damn. <laughs> oh, don't believe the hype. This man really dirty in life. <laughs> I, I And, you know, every single time one of these comes out, every offseason, you're like, I don't think these can get any different. I think I, I think they've kind of reached the creativity of them. But he doesn't wipe his butt as a is an all timer and a brand new one. I've never heard that before. By the way, you know what I hate, and this is gonna make me sound old, is when the kids these days, because it looks like Jamar Chase, oh, somebody was just trying to gain some clout. What does that mean? What the hell does that mean, man? I don't understand. I don't understand. Like, I, are those like skill points in a video game? Yeah, it's just, it's disgusting whenever I read this. Oh my God. Okay, but back to Cincinnati here. I agree on everything you said with the defense because the defense is disgusting. Where it seems like Cincinnati is truly believing that they're going to be able to compete in shootouts. Burrow was great in the games he played in. Was doing over 300 yards a game, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, because they were down. He had to throw the ball a lot. Oh, you mean Dak Prescott? But when it comes to this defense, I'm just... I can't be confident. I like Cincinnati. I want them to be good. I want them to be good too. I, I really just, do. Me having to look at this, I just can't do it. I just want to do it. I can't do it. They're not going to be good. Um, I, I think one of the things that were really good on this podcast is that there's the thing that everybody's talking about and everybody wants to talk about, and then we just talk about the thing nobody even cares about, which is the Bengals linebacker group. And every year I have to talk about it because – it just it's unfathomable every year that comes out like this. Um, so offensively, like you mentioned, the Pina Swole thing, like a lot, of, they got a lot of flack for it, a lot of heat for that. Um, but the idea with the Bengals though is they want to run eleven personnel and have three wide receivers on the field at all time, and so they want to have Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, and Tyler Boyd on the field seventy five percent of the time, and have one tight end out there and throw the ball, you know, forty times a game or whatever. The one thing about that, though, is this offensive line's bad. Uh, I I hope Jonah Williams makes the leap this year. He was my favorite left tackle coming out of college, you know, three years ago, and was draft was the highest drafted tackle in that class in 2018. But he's been hurt. He was hurt in training camp. Was hurt last year. Of this year, he makes it. Uh, they won Xavier Suafia to start left guard. Everybody's favorite former Houston Texan. Trey Hipkins to start at center. Trey Hopkins, he's bad. Um, Jackson Carman, who's a rookie, start right guard, and uh, everybody's favorite right tackle Riley Riley Reef. Yeah, I'm still I'm still on the search for it. The Riley somebody call him Riley Reed. It hasn't happened yet. I think I'm just gonna have to make. I think I'm gonna have to do it myself. You're gonna have to do it yourself. Then. And I'm like I'm gonna clip this podcast to let everybody know I didn't do that in accident. It was on purpose. See, listen to the podcast. Go to the 38 31 minute mark of this podcast. Um, and I, but like, this is gonna be a bad offensive line though, and so like I know what they want to do. I just don't think they have the offensive line to pull it off. And the other thing is that Joe Burrow, he's like Alex Smith. What? What? What do you mean he's like Alex Smith? No, he's he not. He was a lot like Alex Smith last year, and nobody wants to admit it. No, he was. He was I'm... very similar. He went. He was a bad downfield thrower. His arm looked weak. He had problems pushing the ball downfield. Um, I think he's very intelligent. I think he has good accuracy, but that's between zero and 10 yards. No. I think he's pretty good mobility too. I'm not going to believe this at all. And the thing is, I will, when it comes to Joe Burrow, I'm not going to blame them on how they work. 
You're not. You don't even like their coach. You don't even like Zach Taylor. Yeah, I was going to talk about that also. Well, yeah, he's going to be fired after this year because he's not going to be able to do anything in the draft they had to what we were just talking about. Joe Burrow has the nastiest scar I've ever seen on somebody's leg. Yeah, and that was funny too. The Bengals are like, and your Cincinnati Bengals get excited. It's just Joe Burrow sitting there showing off the scar. It's like good. <laughs> and you would just be like, okay, well, they're showing the scar. means they got to protect the scar. Let's go wide receiver. We're this not- is one of the five worst offensive lines in the league. I'm not going to say worst offensive line. It's one of the five worst, is what I said. It's some things, man. Riley Reef is all about it. He's like 33, 34. Yeah, but they're depending on him to be young again, so you got to hope for the best, because otherwise Joe Burrow is going to have another scar, and I don't know where this one's going. Yeah, as long as, as long as, uh, I don't know. I was going to make a circumcision (laughs) joke, but it, it came out flat. It can never come out flat when you're making a circumcision. Oh, so I was reading this book about becoming a father, and the guy who wrote it's Jewish, and so there's a section about circumcision about why you shouldn't should you know why you should or shouldn't circumcise your child, and the reasons not to circumcise them were all really bad reasons. You know, they're like um, it says increases sexual pleasure. It's like science does not agree with this at all. It's like it says uh, people. Like the only argument for is if you're not circumcised, he wants to look like you. It's like that's gross. That's gross. I'm <laughs> right now having to listen to this right now. Yeah, it's very gross. But I just thought it was hilarious that it was a you know a Jewish guy wrote. And he's talking about why you should circ why you shouldn't circumcise your son. Every reason was bad uh, for not doing it. But yeah, Riley Reef is uh, 32 years old. Hey, we have the same birthday. That's that's a sign, right? That's yeah. a sign positivity right there so he's probably now your favorite player no but no. We're, we're both Sagittarius's though look at that that's always a sign oh uh-huh yeah so i don't know i don't think it's gonna go very well and especially the interior their interior is really bad too they have joe mixon still at running back he has to break a ton of tackles to do anything um and like i understand the idea here with the passing game I just don't think they have the offensive line to pull it off at all. And then you mentioned Zach Taylor. Zach Taylor, I think, record as a head coach so far is like 4 and like 24 or something like that. It's awful. It's, it's absolutely terrible. And I don't I, I don't know necessarily if he's bad or good. I think he's bad. bad. But he just hasn't the, – the talent's been bad here too at the same time. But he hasn't done anything to show that he knows what he's doing at all. Zero things. Matt, who has to say in drafting? Uh, not him, I don't think. You sure? Yeah, I don't think so. How would the coach not have a head say? So the coach should have a head say to say, hey, we should draft an offensive lineman. Yeah, I think so. I mean, you would think they would work together, but he doesn't have like full control of the team. Um, but their offense last year, they ran three wide receiver set or three plus wide receiver sets 83% of the time. And 11 personnel, they had a DVOA of 7.6%. They had a DVOA of negative 13.8%, have 5.1 yards of play, and they ran 11 personnel 76% of the time. It's like, that's what they want to do, but they had the worst pass-blocking offensive line in football last year, and Joe Burrow died because of it. And uh, and their answer to this was draft a guard in the second round and draft a wide receiver in the first round and sign Riley Reef. and let's let's do it this year. Now we have what we need. Man, I wanted to be confident in this team. I really did going into it on our podcast two weeks ago. 
when it comes to season preview, I was all about Cincinnati, and I think I even had them like 20 through some along those lines. No. I think they're going to be one of the worst teams. I think Zach Taylor is fired after this season. And, dude, if Joe Burrow's hurt again, I'm going to cry because I think it's unfair where they are trying to gamble on this offensive line. And to your point, I think it's going to work because I'm hoping because otherwise, to your point, he's dead. I'm hoping too. But I think this would be – this is a – yeah, I – I want them to be good. I like I Cincinnati's hilarious. They're one of the funniest teams in the league. I want them to be good, but I'm just not seeing it. They would be a great seven versus seven team, though. Like if you get rid of the offensive line part of it, they'd be great. They'd be great in, in like Texas high school summertime when they play seven versus seven. That's what they should be doing. You're not allowed to do that now. I know. Well, that's that's how the game is played anyway. Since you can't hit anybody, you know. Um, they also play the fifth toughest projected schedule this year. Their first four games are Minnesota at Chicago at Pittsburgh, then Jacksonville. So they could start off like three and one, you know, maybe four. Yeah. No, uh, yeah. but their schedule gets a lot tougher after that. And then they play Green Bay at Detroit at Baltimore at the New York Jets. So their first eight games are winnable. So it's be interesting to see how they start off before their schedule gets tough down the stretch. They're probably, to your point, going to start off 4-0 or 3-1, and and then after that, they're probably going to lose every single game. Yeah. Everyone's going to be talking about how this is the team. We didn't call it Zach Taylor, best coach. Look at Joe Burrow now using Jamar Chase, using the Tyler Boy. Look at him go. Look at Joe Mixon. He's running like crazy. And then they're just going to lose 10 games in a row. So who do you think leads this team in receiving yards out of Chase, Higgins, and Boyd? Jamar Chase. I don't even think it's close. That he's projected to a thousand, yeah. not a thousand seventy nine yards. Yeah, this is going to be the best wide receiver as far as rookie wise in the league this year. Obviously, better than Rashad Bateman. Yes, better than Rashad Bateman. This is my pick. That's my pick for Cincinnati. Uh, the only person that he's not going to be better than or look better than is a guy named Ceedee Lamb, and that's because he's in Dallas. Well, and also, Ceedee's a year two wide receiver. We're not talking about that. That's why. Oh, wait. Jamar Chaso is going to be already considered one of the top receivers after this year. That's what I'm saying. Okay, I see what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, I don't know. I want it to happen, but I don't think it's going to happen. Zach Taylor's fired after this season. How many games has he last? Six? The whole season? Okay, he's going to last the whole season only because, dude, with this offensive line, Joe Burrow's going to probably hurt himself in week 10. You know who their backup is? Is it Cole McCoy? Brandon Allen. Oh, wait, really? Yeah. That's not going to go well. You know what? One of the funniest things last year was Brandon Allen started against the Texans and he threw for like 320 yards and three touchdowns. And then the next week he started against the Ravens and he was like, 8 for 27 for 72 yards. And uh, it's just hilarious how bad Houston's defense was last year. Matt, he was 6 for 21 for 48 yards. Yeah, and then the week before that, when he played Houston, he threw for 300-plus and had like 75% completion percentage. Yeah, man, he was great. 29 for 37, 31. And even the week before, oh, it's because he went up against Dallas. Yeah, and there was like... With uh, through the website, there's a couple guys like Brandon Allen looks good. It's like, yeah, he's playing the Texans, and then nobody watches, you know, him the next week. And it was he was Joe Flacco bad, so at least the Bengals have that to look forward to if Joe Burrow gets another scar. 
Is Joe Flacco, he's still on the New York Jets, right? No, he signed with the Philadelphia Eagles. Okay, he'll be starting. Yeah, I love him too. He's just like, my job is not here to mentor. I'm here to win football games. Dude, he's going to be flicking people off like and, crazy. And, and all these teams keeps doing the same thing. They sound to back up their young quarterback. He goes, I'm not here to do that. I don't understand like why they he just even... He just negs teams, you know? He's a pickup artist. But a good pickup artist, right? Yeah, he wears a hat with the flamingo on it. Dude, he peacocks. Yeah, that's what the flamingo hat's, flamingo hat's for. It's called. Mm-hmm. So my, my prediction here is Jonah Williams is pretty good, and he becomes a no-doubt starting left tackle. That's a disgusting prediction. Nobody is going to remember that prediction. It's I, ha- so- I wrote it down. It's here. Jamar Chase is the best rookie receiver this year. Slash Zach Taylor gets fired. Yeah, slash Zach Taylor is fired. Any other rookie? Pre- any other predictions you have for the Bengals? Joe Burrow gets hurt again. <laughs> okay. Anything else? Uh, Joe Mixon is going to be the best running back in fantasy. Oh, really? Yes. That's mentally ill. Boom. You like that? Who who you got better than Joe Mixon? I'm talking about passing wise too. A lot of players. Nah, now, no, no, no. Running backs? No. Yeah. There's no running backs this year. So are you going to draft from the second round? I'm not going to tell you what I'm going to do. All right. So their over-under is 6.5. Are you taking the over or the under? I'm going to take the under. Even though I had them picked on my preview over that, no. I'm picking them under. So what are you going with? I'm going to go five wins. Five. I'm going to go five and tw- Five and 12? Five and twelve. I hate this. I really do. I know. So you got confused too when I said that. You were looking at me like I was stupid. No, I was looking at think trying to have to think, which I hate. Um I have the under two. I'm going six and twelve. Six and eleven. Six and eleven. Stupid. <laughs> I wanna like them. I hope they're great. I hope they prove us all wrong, but um I think I think it, they're like at least like a new interior on the offensive line away. And a new head coach away from being good. I agree. I agree. And like one, just like draft some linebackers. It's pretty the, easy to get a good linebacker. They shouldn't have drafted Jamar Chase. I mean, I get it. He's great and everything, but it just it's something you don't need. Need. Yeah, it's like having it's like starving and having need food and yeah. buying candy bars. You know. Well, no, no, no. it's starving food. I'm going to get some water. Or lottery already, tickets. Yeah. Buy lottery yeah. tickets instead. It's it's something that's just going to... No, what are we doing? So the next team here, the Cleveland Browns. They're 75th year. Uh, the last time we saw the Browns, they couldn't stop Chad Henney on a repass option on 4th and 1. And they had their own coward's punt in that game too and, and blew it against a backup Chad Henney team. Uh, to go to the AFC Championship game. And now they're back, and the Browns are the prime regression team this year. They won five more games last year than the year before. Their turnover differential was plus five. They went 7-2 and two in one-score games. They won 3.3 more games than expected. Their average opponent had DVA of not negative 5.3%. They were below average by DVA as well, too, at negative 5.6%. Um, they were a little injured, which is like the only thing kind of pointing the other, other direction. But the thing about the Browns is they had a really good offseason. And they got a lot better this year. 
And uh, and like as as much as these numbers are pointing towards it, I just think they add enough talent here to expect them to be a playoff team again this year, and, and even probably better than they were last year as well too. Matt, I, well wait though, hold on, hold on. Did you just say like this is a team that's going to be prime for regression? Yes. Like that, you're saying that they're going to take a step backwards. They should, but okay. that's why I said. That's why I said, but they got a lot better this offseason, and they had a lot more talent, and they fixed the problems that they had, and uh, I think they're going to be a good team again this year. Okay, how are you not raving about this team, Matt? And this is just me asking. I'm because- just. We're having a conversation. I'm just oh, setting no. you up. I'm throwing you. The, I'm throwing you the ball. Hold on. My my sense is I'm going to catch that ball here, but my thing is. How are you not like, they got Jadavion. They got Miles Garrett. Jadavion watch is coming. We're going to have Sac City. This defense is going to be disgusting on every sense of the word. Where you go up against Josh Allen, you go up against Pima Holmes, you have a shot to actually stop them because this team is gross. Top to bottom, this is everything you could ever want. What are we missing on this team? What could be better? That's actually a question for you. What could be better? Could be better. Uh, their wide receiver play could be better. Wide receiver. But- their quarterback play. I mean, the, really, like the only thing I'm worried about this team is Baker Mayfield. It's, I. But even that, I think your team is too freaking good. Where what I love, and they even brought this up beforehand. With Cleveland, and I think you've even mentioned this before, they will run the exact same play and do something different. Yeah, they, they like they do, they have a lot of wrinkles to their mid zone game. Yeah, so they will make a. I like play. how t- Tennessee's like that too. Like it's the same play, but they change it up. Just like you have to really pay attention. They slightly change everything up to keep the same one play fresh. You know. Exactly, and with this team, this has everything you could want. Like what I was saying, from the running game with Chubby, with Hunt, you have the wide receiver game with Landry, Higgins, Beckham, even the tight end. You got Austin Hooper now. You got the He was there last year. But now you He's a good blocker, too. Exactly. You're having him now another year underneath his belt to where he's used to I like Harrison Bryant, too. This team is good, Matt. I love this team so much. I can't even say much because I'm just so obsessed with, I agree, I think Baker's going to have to do something, but I don't even see how you could screw it up. Well, that's I mean, that's the thing about Baker, though. It's like we saw it last year. Whenever they were behind and he had a win from the pocket, and any side rush sent rolling to his right. And he got scared of everything. He just rolled to his right, and he couldn't win from any shotgun formations at all. So, I mean, this team's kind of like a dog race team where they have to get ahead right away, and if they're ahead right away, they can just choke teams out throughout the rest of it. Um, but, like, that's the one concern. It's like how much better – like, it's like the Lamar Jackson thing. You have everything else here, but how much better did the quarterback get? Did he fill the hole in his game, which is his ability to stay in the pocket and his pocket presence? Or did they do they have that here um, so they can step up and be able to fill in kind of the gaps? Because they have everything else here. And, like, I know you kind of talked about it, but – they had John Johnson at safety. They had to start Anderson Sandejo at safety last year. He was really bad. They started Carl Joseph at safety. He was bad for him as well, too. Um, they have Ronnie Harrison. Backing up John Johnson is rookie Grant, or second-year player Grant Delpit, who was hurt last year in training camp. At cornerback, they have Denzel Ward. They add Troy Hill, too. 
They have Greedy Williams, who's been injured the last two years. This year three, maybe he actually finally plays as well, too. I actually like their linebackers now. And that was one of the problems they had also, is their linebacker play was so bad. But they added Jeremiah Awusu, I can't say his other last name, from Notre Dame in the second round. That Anthony Walker, who's a good coverage linebacker. I don't care what the numbers say. And Talkie Talkie's good. We made a lot of fun Talkie Talkie last year. He was good. Uh, and he's going to play the strong side. I, I like, I'm, I'm surprised by how much I like their linebacker play. And then that's time into the best part of this defense, which is their front four rush. Miles Garrett, Andrew Billings is enormous to stop the run. Malik Jackson, who's come back from injury um, with Philadelphia, who was replaced by Javon Hargrave, who's going to be probably really good for him too. And they cut um, Sheldon Richardson to sign Jackson at a cheaper cost. And of course, Jadavion Clowney is going back to playing defensive end again. No more and, of this stand-up, 3-4 outside linebacker bullcrap. He's playing defensive end, and he's angry, and he had zero sacks last year, and I think this is a comeback player of the year award winning Jadavion and, Clowney. And Matt, weren't you the guy that told me that Jadavion's best season is when he was with a all-star when it came to the defensive end to be able to be the number two guy rather than the number one guy? Uh, maybe. So that when he was with J.J. Watt, he had his best season ever, and that was when J.J. was dominating. Yeah, that was 16. That was 18, that was 18, that was 18. And now you have Miles Garrett. So with Jadavion, I'm actually going to buy into you, and if you don't do it this year, I'll be disgusted with you. Jadavion watch better be happening now. Of course it's going to happen. Because how many sacks are we predicting here? All right, so... You, you, I'm mad that you uh, you stole my joke. Wait, what, wait, what joke? All right, so you hear my little prediction? Yeah. Javion Clowney, at least five sacks this season. Of course. Oh, my God. At least five. I'm telling you, mark it down. Javion Clowney, at least five sacks this season. Not, there's no markdown of this. Let me, I, I do mark actually. Mark it down. Uh, Javion Clowney. At least five sacks this season. You're hearing it here first, folks. You're hearing this here first. I'm not sure if this is a hear it here first moment. Yes, it is. You're hearing this here first. Jadavion Clowney, five sacks this season. If they go two and four in their first six games, you heard it here first. Oh, now Beckham is traded. Okay. Boom. Because that's where the blame is going to be going to. You know this. If Baker struggles in the first few games, they are going to put all the blame on Odell, which the moment he is traded, this will then become the Super Bowl team. So it's it's kind of a back and forth with me. Either they're going to come out of the gate and it's just going to be disgustingly scary, or they're going to struggle because the anticipation is too high to when they're going to get rid of the celebrity receiver and then this team comes together for the team Camarade. Is it Camarade? Camarade? Um, yeah, the, the Camarade. The, team Camarade. <laughs> I, just, well, I just always think, by the way. Uh, so, to, do you want to hear their schedule? Yes. Start, give, I know at, it's one of the, At Kansas City, week one. Lose. Houston. Lose. Chicago. Lose. At Minnesota. Win. At Los Angeles. Lose. Arizona. Win. Denver on Thursday night football. Lose. Pittsburgh. At, at this point, yeah. Then they got rid of Odell, and then now they're going to win. At Cincinnati. At New England. Detroit. 
at Baltimore, bye week, Baltimore, Vegas, at Green Bay, at Pittsburgh, Cincinnati. I don't think their schedule's that tough. I really don't. They're not. They have one of the easiest schedules, it seems. I know it's projected to be fifth, but uh, it's pretty easy. But it's also because when it comes to this team, it's easy because of how dominant and how good they look. I think that's also like the numbers like the Steelers, but I don't like the Steelers very much either. What? I'm just telling you. Nobody should. No. A lot of people like the Steelers for whatever reason. Nobody that in their right mind likes the Steelers. Um, So Baker this year. He was he's projected to complete sixty three point three percent of his passes, four thousand four yards, twenty seven touchdowns and twelve interceptions, six point six net yards a pass attempt, and DVOA negative six point seven percent. This is pretty much the same projection as his numbers last year. Do you think Baker needs to improve at all, or does he just needs to be as good as he was last year for the Browns to you know, make a leap to maybe being like an AFC championship sort of team? I think he needs to improve slightly. And it's because it's to your point at the beginning here, which it's all about if Baker is down in a hole, if Baker's going to be able to bring them out of that hole where we've talked about this several times now. In the AFC, whenever you're going up against Pima Holmes and Josh Allen, I mean, Matt, realistically, what? You have to get 35 points, right? Yeah, I'd say at least 31. So you having to hit the 30s every time, I think Baker is going to have to take that step, even though your defense is great. With Pima Holmes, he's going to get rid of the ball within a second and a half. How about so, it? how about peeing my my holes? Well, you can pee in as many holes as you want. <laughs> it's not going to change the fact that Baker needs to be able to score points, and if he is behind and has those comeback wins this season, because this team is going to struggle every now and then. Yeah, is able to at least bring them back, be able to make them something. It, I, I like, just don't I, like. I think it's. Do oh. you think they can be the 2019 Tennessee Titans? Yes. Yeah. You know, like that's like, and you know the Titans, their red zone offense is why they lost that game. Like why they fell behind against Kansas City like they did in that championship game. But yeah, I like. I think they could as well too. You know, like this is a like a debilitating run attack. They're all. They have one of the five best offensive lines. Um, they have the best run blocking offensive line right now. I, Landry's like okay, you know, but like Beckham being healthy gives him the chance to have that deep play threat. It still is pretty funny how he tore his ACL last year by chasing down uh, a Mayfield interception, and like he chased him down like a crazed like barbarian, like he looked like a lunatic. I was like, what is going on? He was absolutely insane. You don't show effort, then the moment he shows effort, it hurts him. Yeah, he was like he was like he was trying to scalp somebody um, in like a western scene. And I forgot they drafted Greg Newsom in the first round too to play cornerback. So like their cornerback group is four deep. They have three deep at safety. They have good linebackers. They have an excellent pass rush. Um, this defense was like the twenty fourth best in football last year. Is this defense at least average this year? This defense is top fifteen. Top fifteen. There we go. Top fifteen. And do you like Kevin Stefanowski as a head coach? Yeah. No. No. Uh, especially because I'll put it to this way, where it seemed like with Cleveland. They've always given their head coaches control over the draft. This draft this past season, you and I were so shocked. Well, they have, to... a, they have a GM who's been handling it. I thought that the coach yeah. actually said, are you sure? Yeah. Either way, I'm still impressed by the coach. And it's because, just like what I talked about with the play calling, it's really nice to be able to see that the defenses don't know what they're going to do because they run the same play, but yet it's a pass versus a run. Yeah. It's the thing to watch. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, and, I mean, this offensive style works. It's been around for, you know, since the Broncos in the 90s, you know. And and different teams have run in different ways. Like We saw Minnesota have success with it. He turned Case came into a top five quarterback one season. There you go. That was something he did, you know. And so uh, Keenum is a backup quarterback, actually, for Cleveland, too. Uh, who knows what could happen now? Yeah. A miracle. Um, miracle in the doghouse. But also, thank God for Cleveland, too. Like, I'm, I'm just glad that we have like a run heavy, you know, kind of smash mouth, brutal football team. Cause there really aren't very many of them out there at all. I would say like Baltimore, Tennessee, Cleveland, and that's kind of it. You know, there just isn't a lot of teams that play this sort of style. And so I'm glad there's uh there's somebody doing it really well. Cause it's kind of annoying to watch teams just like throw the ball 45 times a game. So what's your, so what's your cute prediction for the Cleveland Browns? My little cute prediction for the Cleveland Browns. They are going to the AFC Championship. All right. Yes. Yeah, mine is uh, Clowney has five sacks this year. That's you heard not, it first. That's not a that's not a good prediction. You know, it is kind of funny now that the baseball team changed their name. The Browns have the most racist team name in sports now. Is that true? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. And this this uh, team name changed by the by Cleveland was so bad. They should just kept it a little bit racist. But if you like, uh, you know what? I'm they should have just kept it the Indians. I'm not, yeah, the Indians aren't bad. No, they should just got rid of the Red Man and just yeah, you know you rid of your mascot. But I don't think that your your name is bad. Cleveland Indians is insulting. Indians is insulting. No, no. If I say Cowboys and Indians, it means I've insulted people. Yeah, I guess so. Okay. I'll I think just... the I think the Red Man was the insulting thing. Well, yeah. Yeah, just get rid of Chief Wahoo and make it. I don't know. Make it a teepee. Dude, make it a warrior. Yeah, or a warrior. Yeah. Yeah. But there's plenty of them. You can get them from Pocahontas. Yeah, I mean, even better. Cocoa. I love me some cocoa. I don't know. Or make it that fat raccoon from Pocahontas. Uh, damn, I'm trying to remember his name. You just um, called him. Flick. There you go. I think, damn it, I think Flick's the hummingbird, though. Damn it! I love how the Titans have, their mascot's a big, giant, just hillbilly uh, redneck raccoon. So the over-under for the Cleveland Browns, 9.5. I'm going to take the over. I'm going to go 10 wins for Cleveland, 10 and 7. Why aren't we making a bet right now in Vegas? Let's go. Yeah, like we need to go right away. I mean, we could we could have Sam do it because yeah, where he lives. We're gonna have to. Cause Matt, this is over, and this is twelve and five. Twelve and five. All right. I like it, and like, and they went one eleven last year. Yeah. So like ten is still. I think they're gonna regress a little bit from a win loss perspective, but I think they're gonna be a better team, um, performance wise. With the extra game. Yeah. Ten and seven, I guess. I don't know. I hate it. So yeah. our last team here, Ooh. as we turn around home, the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, so the Pittsburgh Steelers, you know who they added this offseason? Tell me who they added. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers, six offensive linemen, one that accomplices in Andrew Luck's murder and decision to retire from the NFL, Joe Haig, Chris yeah. Wormley, Miles Killebrew, Tyler Simmons, Avery Williamson stayed again after a train from last year. Joint Haskins, who got scratched by his wife in a in a casino. Rashad Coward, Kellen Ballage, Jarvis Miller, 
Trey Turner and Melvin Ingram. You want to know who they lost? You ready yeah. for this? Mike Hilton, Matt Filer, Bud Dupree, Steven Nelson, Alejandro Villanueva, Cassius Marsh, James Conner, and David DeCastro. So they added two starters in Ingram and Trey Turner, and they lost eight starters this year. And Big Ben is 41 years old, uh, and he had to throw the ball 45 times last year. Their offensive line, they didn't do anything to improve it after having the worst running attack in football, and they drafted a running back in the first round to fix that. That's what I was going to say. <laughs> and so I think it's absolutely hysterical what they've done here. Um, yeah. did, have you seen pictures of Big Ben yet this offseason? <laughs> no, I haven't. Please tell me they're good. So he he recently stated that he switched from uh, big and bold hot pockets to lean hot pockets, and he's lost about 22 pounds this offseason, and he feels like he's in the best shape that he's been in probably like 15 years. Matt, what the hell does that matter? I'm just saying he says he feels really good. You said it at the beginning. They didn't do anything for their offensive line. This is the joke of the NFL. What are you talking about? You drafted a running back who's not going to be able to do anything. You have an old quarterback who's going to be injured by the end of the season. He's what, 38? I think he's 41. Oh, my God. Oh, and uh, and Mike Pouncey retired as well, too. This is great stuff. starting center. This is great stuff. I think Pittsburgh oh. is a joke of <laughs> you this. Want, you want to hear the news? Ben Roethlisberger excused from Steelers' first Heinz Field practice. What is he excused for? I guess he's he was probably too tired or something. I was going to say. He was too hungry, so he didn't practice. Uh, he's 39 years old. So he's, okay. Yeah. This team, I got nothing for. Juju's taking that pay cut because he's betting on himself this year. But it's like what Villanueva said. You brought it up. He just cares about social media and him getting his big payday after this. I just, I'm not confident in this team whatsoever. I think the only thing I really like is their linebackers in Bush and in Watt. Other than that, I just don't, I, I don't like this team. Uh, I mean, I, I love their front seven. They have one of the best front seven still. I, I'll put it this way. I feel bad for the defense because, to your point, I think that the defense is going to be able to hang with teams, help make plays, and this offense is not going to have any protection whatsoever. Yeah. This he grows. Well, and one of the things that you were right about that I was wrong about was how they kind of like stumbled like week nine or so. You know, they're not that good. I was yeah. like, yeah, like, I mean, it just yeah. happens. It's any given Sunday. And they just weren't that good. And, uh, and I mean, like, really, like, Roethlisberger was Tony Parker last year. He just threw like two, three yard passes. He stood the shotgun, got it, and then got the ball out in like 2.3 seconds. And the only person he threw the ball downfield to it all was Chase Claypool. And also, the Steelers are playing the second toughest projected schedule this year too. And they were also really healthy last year. They were the fifth healthiest team. And so this is a team that's old, playing a tough schedule that already had injury uh, like the year before as well too. So I'm I'm not excited for it. I really am not. And after watching last season even too, and everyone, oh, look at their run. It was all me having to watch them play against Dallas where I said this team is actually really bad to watch. And I think that's the most disappointing on this Pittsburgh team. Out of everybody in this division that we talked about, and I can talk all the crap about Baltimore, at least I'm willing to watch Baltimore. I don't think I'm willing to watch this Pittsburgh team because I think it's going to be bad. I think, I think, and we already know what they are, too. 
And it's like Big Ben going to be running around for his life and taking these hits. And to your other point that you mentioned about last year, he is going to be throwing the ball 42 times a game still. Mm-hmm. It's not going to look good. Yeah, that, I think that's a good way to put it. Like, I, There's just sounded a whole lot of intrigue here. You know what I mean? It's like what makes what makes the team interesting? What could how they could get better? Who yeah. can make a leap forward? What's yeah. the progression in this? And there's no progression here. It's like you know what Trey, you know what Ingram is. He's an interior rusher. He's not an outside linebacker. I think Devin Bush is probably the most interesting player on the team. I think along with TJ Watt, um, I think Watt may have like another like he's still like young. He still hasn't even fully hit the prime of his career typically too. And I mean their fronts a lot of fun to watch. Like I'll watch them just watch their front seven. But offensively, you know, watching Roethlisberger throw the ball, you know, 45 times is very much fun. And you yeah. mentioned their run game. The only thing they could do well was run that trap play with Fowler pulling and Fowler's now with the Chargers. And it's the same offensive line. It's just like now, oh, it was James Conner's fault. It was uh, it was Benny Snell Jr.'s fault. That's how we can run the ball. No, it's because you didn't create any sort of first-level movement at all. And I don't, as good as Najee Harris, you know, may be this year, I'm not going to say, I don't know much about him at all. But he's not going to be able to like even Saquon Barkley could yeah. could yeah. take over this offensive line. Where did Najee Harris come from? Alabama. Name me a good Alabama running back. Um, Derrick Henry. Name me another one besides Derrick. The freak of nature. Don't name me the freak. Mark Ingram is good. No. Yeah. Not, you not would last year. I mean, no, obviously no. not last year. He's probably had maybe two good years I can remember. I think he's had like four. No, it was only like one. He's had one with Baltimore, and he had one with uh, New Orleans. Yeah, he had I don't... one with Baltimore. He think he had like two or three good years at New Orleans. He yeah, wasn't I... worth the first round pick. But know. other than the freak of nature, I just don't believe in Alabama running backs. That's my point. But continue. Um, Josh Jacobs. Yeah, I'm not. But what do you mean, he Josh? Was awesome his rookie year. Last year was a drop off. Your argument is Josh Jacobs. I love Josh Jacobs. I think he's gonna bounce back this year. He's been injured too much for me. Yeah, I mean, it was just last year. But his rookie year, he was incredible. So you want to hear the Steelers' tough schedule. Are you ready for this? Yeah. Week one, heading to Buffalo. That's good. house. Week two, the, the Raiders are coming home. Week three, Cincinnati. Week four, Green Bay. Week five, Denver. I really like Denver-Pittsburgh games for whatever reason. I just like the way they look. Um, week six, Seattle-Pittsburgh. Week seven, Pittsburgh, Cleveland, Week 8, Chicago, Week 9, Detroit, Week 10, Los Angeles Chargers, Week 11, Bengals, Week 12, Ravens, Week 13, Vikings, Week 14, Titans, Week 15, Chiefs, Week 16, Browns, Week uh, 17, Ravens. This is tough. Yeah. I see like three wins here. Oh, you know, that's my kind of my point <laughs> to this team. It's the fact of Pittsburgh and Bengals are going to be battling for who's the worst team in this division this year. Who do you think's me worse? With that schedule, I my money is on Pittsburgh. Yeah, <laughs> you're not believing that, but that's it's my, tough. That's um, my series that Pittsburgh's going to be the worst in this division. Yeah, it's tough. So Ben had 608 passing attempts last year. 608. That that's comes bad. out to. Let's see here. I don't have a beautiful mind, so I can't do this off the top of my head. It's uh, 38 passing attempts a game. You like that roundup? In a beautiful, you have a beautiful mind like I do. In a 17-game schedule, do you think he has more than 608 pass attempts this year with Najee Harris on the roster? If he is healthy, 
Yes, and I'll put it this way: it's like seven. Like I'll put he's gonna have another hundred if he, if he is healthy. Yeah, that's how bad I think this team is gonna be because we're talking about it, Matt. They are not gonna have the offensive line that's gonna be able to get Harris to go off. So even if Ben is gonna be getting Harris involved, it's gonna be those little quick passes. That's what's going to happen here, and it's just going to add up over time. He's going to be throwing the ball 45 to 50 times a game. I hate this. And they're all like two-yard passes, too. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. They're not going to be deep down the field. Those passes are going to be picked off from Big Ben this year. Do you think Chase Claypool expands upon his rookie season last year? How many TDs did he have last year? I think like six. I was going to say, if he he's going to have 10 this year. He was so much fun to watch. He is, and he's big body, and he dominates. So I actually like watching Claypool. The problem is his only shot is to give the where he is like shoving somebody off, going up for the pass, and making an incredible play. Because Big Ben is so he, terrible. He had nine the regular season, two in the postseason last year. That's he, not. He had eight hundred seventy-three receiving yards. Okay, so he had so he had eleven then. Yeah, well, yeah, 11 total if you include the postseason. Yeah. But in the season, he'll have 10 this year at least. Okay, so yeah, he's going to step above. Yeah, I love Claypool. He's good. He's good. It's kind of funny, too, when things about the Texans last year was they sent that second-round pick for Brandon Cooks. They would have been better off just keeping that pick and drafting wide receiver instead. Well, for how all the drafts have been and everybody keeps talking about it, it just seems like every draft is the new best wide receiver class. Yeah. So why would you ever trade for a wide receiver now? You, yeah, especially when it's like 29. Yeah, you never need to trade for a wide receiver these days unless he's in the top five. Yeah, well, I'm excited. Remember last year whenever I was like, oh, when is 2020 going to be over? Oh, I've had enough of 2020. Like thinking like all of a sudden 2021 is going to be better just because it ended. Uh, I think the Steelers this year be like, is it 2022 yet? Oh, I hate 2021. They're going to have the bags over their heads this season. And it's because what they're going to be wanting is something that New Orleans fans should have wanted last year. And it kind of still makes me disgusted that New Orleans fans won't admit that Drew Brees should have retired sooner. Yeah, because like, they love him. Yeah, they just keep trying to deny. Be like, no, no, he still gave it his all. Who, gives Who cares? Play? Yeah, he should have still retired. He's 43. Dude, Pittsburgh fans are going to be sitting there going by week five. Why didn't he retire? Yeah. Why didn't he do this? Why are we still having to watch this crap? And every year he's like, I think I'm going to do it. It's just hard, hard for me to get out. And then he drinks a case of beer. He's like, he just, that football is just sitting there by the front door. He looks at it. He's like, I'm not ready yet. And then all of a sudden it's juniors and he grabs and picks it up. He's like, oh yeah, it's go time. Um, Do you think the Steelers could be a landing spot for Deshaun Watson in 2022 if they're a 5-1 team next year? Top five pick, the Steelers give up two first round picks, TJ Watt. I say TJ and uh, yeah. Devin Bush for Deshaun Watson. <laughs> they would never do that. If you give up Devin Bush, TJ Watt, your fifth round pick, whatever yeah. you're gonna, yeah, have you're to a top five pick. Yeah, you, you're gonna have it, dude. I would do it in five seconds if I'm both teams. Yeah, I think this could be a team that could make a run for Watson next year, though. Houston won't do it because I don't think that they want to make him happy. Yeah, I guess so. I don't know. I wouldn't either. Like ben was, like ben really wasn't all that happy in Pittsburgh for a lot of time. He was always fine with the offensive coordinator, you know. There's always some ruckus going on there. 
be like San Antonio Spurs. I'm sitting your ass to Canada. Yeah, there you go. So, what's your prediction for your Kiel prediction for the Pittsburgh Steelers? That they're going to have a worse record than the Bengals. It's kind of funny that, like, in the North, because as bad as these teams have been, it's like, at least they're not the Bengals. You yes. know? It's like, I'm still living with my mom or whatever, but it's like, at least I'm not the Bengals. <laughs> you need to do this. Your grandma is birthday is this weekend. You're going to take her out. You're going to go. At least I'm not the Bengals. So you forgot your grandmother's birthday, but was, at least I'm not the Bengals. That's why it's kind of good to have, like, a, sh- a shitty brother, you know? At least I'm not Jeff. Don't get mad at me. Did you cheat on me? Listen, at least I'm not the Bengals. At least I'm not my father. Wait, what? Well, you said that you cheat on me. It's like, at least no, I'm not I'm my a, father. I thought we were still doing the Bengals joke. Um, I was, I we moved on about having a, a crappy brother. Uh, and you said you cheat on me like you're, like you're uh, a mother talking to his son. Things got hardcore and real yeah. fast on this show. Yeah, don't get mad at me. Get mad at him. Uh, so my prediction for them, they're one of the six worst teams in the football, and they have a bottom five offense this year. I, I believe it's going to be a gross offense. It's going to be like a desperate where it's a guy going up to a girl and you can just smell the desperation. You're going to try so yeah, you hard. You can smell the high gravities and desperation. Uh, go away. You have, oh, there's no confidence here. And Axe body spray. A lot of Axe. Phoenix. Uh, dude, the Phoenix is the blue one. Yeah. That's Ellen. Yeah. The green one. The orange one is the worst one. Fire. Oof. I'm going to start putting that stuff on, ironically. Uh, every single time I have wear it, tell you, you smell like you're in seventh grade. <laughs> yeah, and you like it, pervert. I love it. Yeah, it makes me feel young again. Yeah, whenever my, my son's like six years old, more Axe body spray become a Boy Scout troop leader. Hey, you know what? Axe has so many different flavors. There's always got to be I'm something. I'm wearing Phoenix. And it's so bad because with Old Spice, everyone's like, yeah, but it's always been the classic one. There's really no difference. It's the it's same just, stuff. It says Old Spice, and it doesn't say Axe. It's all made to calcify your pineal gland, you know? It's like Florida in the water. It's for you. Exactly. The, it's, the real pill to take is the no deodorant pill. Yeah. You that's know? what. Let the wait, pheromones do the work. Is that a real thing? Yeah. That's not a real thing. Yeah, it is. You're not taking a pill. No, no. It's like, you ever hear, like, take the red pill, take the black pill, take the white pill, you know? The black or the white pill? I'm it's not like, t- you know, all right, you know in the Matrix when he's like, you can take the blue pill I or the red pill? This. You know in the Matrix and you can take the blue or red pill? Yeah. Yeah, and it's the like that. Take the don't wear deodorant pill. I'm not doing and that. And your life's improves dramatically. Closing the door. I'm not taking pills. You can see past this illusion. All right. So the over under here. You ready? What is it? You better have your panties in a in a hold them real tight right now. We're about to go into Vegas. Eight and a half. We're going to Vegas. We're going to Vegas. Eight and a half for the Pittsburgh Steelers tomorrow, and we're going to play some bets. I I got uh I got cash in case my house falls apart. I'm willing to bet it all on the Steelers the under. Yeah. I'm gonna go four wins. Wow, that's what I was going to say. I said this is worse than the division. I was going to say 4-13. and 13. I love it so much. That's exactly This has been my favorite team to talk about so far. By the way, eight and a half? Why are we not on a plane right now? 
I don't know. We got we got buy one. We're gonna be actually we're gonna be able to own our own plane after yeah. making this uh, Steelers bet. Hell yeah, we are. Cause I'm betting it all all of my Pokemon cards. It's going. No, I'm not. It makes me so mad still. So to recap, the AFC North, the Ravens, eleven wins for the over under. I have the over at twelve. You have the under at nine. The Bengals six and a half. I have the under at six. You have the under at five. The Browns at nine point five. I have the over at ten. You have the over at twelve. The Steelers eight and a half. I have the under at four, and you have the under at four as well too. And our locks we have the Browns over and the Steelers under. Dude, I can't believe that the Steelers are eight and a half. And uh, Rashad Bateman leads all rookie wide receivers in receiving yards. Those are yeah. our locks. <laughs> and Jadavion Klein has at least five sacks. Oh, my. That's a lock. Yes. Yeah. So I guess we're going to come back next time and do the AFC West and talk about Herbert Sherbert. Talk I about. Love, I love me some Baskin Robbins. Talk about the Las Vegas Raiders going from investing the offensive line to the defensive line. I don't even understand that team. A little bit of rejiggering around there. I don't we're, get them. We're going to talk about the. Patrick P in my holes. And hey, oh, he had a no-look pass today in training camp. Everybody stop what they're doing. Why? I'm so tired. He does it every it. single day. Yeah. Um, P in my holes is all about it. And my new favorite team, the Denver Broncos. I don't want to talk about them with you. Yeah. Everybody, everybody talk about with it. They don't like to hear it at all. I don't want to hear about it with you. You're just so disgusting. It's all because of Teddy. No, it's because they're pass defense and a little bit of Teddy. Teddy. A little bit of Teddy all night long. Just because Teddy's ready. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's he's 29 years old. Yeah. And he's now ready. You're gross. You know, I forgot if his memory hold that he signed with the Jets. And the Jets trimmed to the Steelers before he even started a game because they started Darnold over him. Do you remember yeah. that? He's too good for the Jets. It's yeah. because but like, he signed a start. They benched him, started Darnold, trade him for the season start to the Saints, and then he spent two years there. All I know is that Darnold. And then, Dar- and then guess who replaced him in Carolina? Darnold. Been hey, following him all his life. Dude, they're going to have the ultimate matchup in the yeah, Super week Bowl. Week one. You know who they play? Who do they play? Uh, it's Panthers versus Jets. We're going to make bets. But, I mean, Bridgewater plays for the Broncos, you know. That's what I was going to say, because Zach Wilson is going to be the starter because he's wanting more money for not wanting to play. No, he, he wants a disclosure agreement. That's so good. So whenever he gets cut, he gets more money out of it. That's good. He's already betting against himself being a bust. Yeah, I would too. If my mom looked like that. Oh! It's a, it's a little boy in a big city. It's home alone, you know? That's what Zach Wilson is. New York. Um, but that's our show for tonight. I want to maybe try to do a Texans one sometime soon. To I'm just having some problems with it, but sometime soon we'll do a Texans one. But we'll be back next week. Next time the AFC West and the AFC South, and we'll talk some Texans. Um, until next time, I'm Matt Weston. Thank you for listening to Bowerhead Radio. Thank you for being on You're welcome. I still need something here. That sounded good to me. I thought it was pretty good. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. 
With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com.